Panago Pizza presents S D P the Steve Dangle Podcast with your hosts Steve Dangle, Adam Wilde, and Jesse Blake. I think perhaps the biggest news of the last 48 hours is the state of Jesse's face, which is shaved. <laughs> I mentioned it to Steve uh, before you joined the chat, but yeah, I shaved my face. I yeah. haven't seen Jesse this shave since probably 2015. This yeah, is, it's uh, been a few years since I cut it this low. I told Dwight. Jesse, I told Jesse he looks like a, like a new character on Hey Arnold. Yeah, because I'm also wearing a shirt that like a five-year-old yeah. would wear all day. Yeah, it's a very Nickelodeon shirt. It was yeah, fun while Look, at home. You know? Hey, I'm the new kid at whatever Hey Arnold school was called. I can't remember. And like you get bullied, but like Arnold and Gerald like try to bring you in. Yeah. yeah. Like, and they become friends with people. And then people learn lessons. Yeah. You know, yeah. These people life lessons. And like Stinky tries to offer you friendship, but you're like, I don't know. You know that girl that always bullied Arnold? Helga Pataki. Did she end up like telling him that she loved him? I can't remember. It, is, don't they, in the end, isn't it a happy ending with them in the movie? Because it ends with the movie, right? Aren't they? That's too, that's too perfect if it does. Yeah, I think it, I think they, like, she admits, like, hey, I'm in love with you. And then she's all nice. I think that's do I get going ends. on Game of Thrones? Or do I just watch that? I think I'm just going to watch that. Yeah. I might need to watch Hey Arnold, man. I might yeah. need to get back it's into that. It's a great show. Yeah. Great show. Holy. There's a lot there. Is it streaming it's on... Uh, on Disney Plus? Is it Disney? Is it a Disney show? I don't How know. Can I watch? How can no, it's Nickelodeon, I right? Watch Hey Arnold. <laughs> this is very um, important information, by the uh, way. Hulu. For between podcasts. Hulu has it in the States. Amazon, no, that's volume one. You can buy it. Hey Arnold. Let's see if Crave has it. Hey Arnold. Jesse, what were you saying about um, like how it's a sad show? Yeah, so I think it was a BuzzFeed article where they wrote about how Hey Arnold's actually a really sad show because the kids are the poor kids and they're growing up in a really like dilapidated poor neighborhood in an inner city. And that how like all the races coming together is as a result of them just living in this close kind of project area. And like they're playing baseball with sticks and that sort of stuff. So Wow. Yeah. But I would have never <laughs> thought of that. As a kid, I was just like, I wish I was friends with Hey Arnold. Like, yeah. they, get, they get to go outside and play all the time. And like, they have so much freedom. Yeah. And there's like things to explore. And yeah. Cool. yeah. Yeah. I want to play stick baseball. <laughs> uh, I can't find it. Apparently, it's on Hulu in the States, but I don't think the Canadians, no Canadian streaming service has yet bought the rights for Hey Arnold. We don't get any huh. damn thing. Did you see JD Bunk is losing his mind that we get? The last dance, like a day. I was going to bring that up. I think JD JD Bunkus has a point. He does. How can we have to watch Michael Jordan's documentary a day later on the same? It's not a day later. It's on. It becomes on Netflix on Monday at midnight. It's literally. It it airs later at all. No, it airs at six p.m. on ESPN. Okay, so it's probably an hour show. So at seven is the airing, and it's over. And then four hours later, his streaming services. It's like any oh. other show that his streaming services the night of its airing. Oh, oh that's, that's poopy. Why are you letting it out? It's way mid- different. Who has time to watch stuff at midnight except everybody who? Is, <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't have time to watch this crap at midnight. Come no, on, why? Like, way. put it at a normal hour so normal ass people who buy these services can actually watch them. Like, I'm, I mean, listen. Shout out to all you college kids that can stay up till midnight, man. It doesn't last. It doesn't well, so last. Let's, let's visit the can versus should 
Right. <laughs> I know we're all, a lot of us are off right now, but we shouldn't be up till three in the morning on account of you'll die. Well, when, is... when did you guys want them to deliver the show? Right after it's done on ESPN. I get I, ESPN I gets care. the exclusive <laughs> yeah. right away. Okay. What about it's, uh, they have to do a West Coast airing as well. So it's 9 p.m. Mm, on the Don't West do Coast. it on the West Coast. Just, just run it at one time. <laughs> Screw them. Run it at one time. You know how TV rights work. I, I hear what you're saying. <laughs> That's not how that works. Live, okay. Live sports. The game happens when it happens. This is Michael Flippin' Jordan. This is live sports, baby. And why, why are we pretending the internet doesn't exist and as though people aren't going to blow this for other people online, East Coast to West Coast? Why don't you just run it so people can watch it? It's, it's 7 o'clock Eastern, mm-hmm. and it's 4 o'clock Pacific. I'm of two minds. Jesse is right that it's not a big deal. Adam is right that make it as easy as possible or people will just steal it. Yeah, like, which is I what they're going to do. These companies don't think that way. They're like, well, we're not going to cater to those people because you're just not supposed to steal. No, we're all society mm-hmm. at large will steal it. Yes. It's not a car. It's content. Like <laughs> it's, they don't look at it the same. No. Like we're, you know, credit photographers and all that. But if it's a Michael Jordan documentary, make it as easy as possible for me to get, or people are just going to steal it. Yeah, man, I don't even mind buying in to watch it, to watch the live show. I would have watched it tonight. Like I'm excited. It's, to I see don't it. know if it's on uh, Sportsnet or TSN. It's not. That's no, it's not. Neither of them bought the rights to it. Oh, so okay. well, Netflix, you know, could afford it. Like it might have been. Who knows? It was probably. Oh, it might have been outrageously expensive. And who's buying that during a pandemic? I'm, I'm sure Sportsnet was probably like, "How much?" <laughs> yeah. yeah. Pro- I assume Netflix outbid them for the exclusive rights. Then, probably. With all the money probably. they made was- from Tiger King. <laughs> there you go. There you go. <laughs> it's true. It's true. I wonder if 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 Tiger King actually boosted Netflix's subscriptions. Like, at what point does everybody just uni- universally have it, and it's sort mm-hmm. of like your default. You know what I mean? Like everybody just has Netflix because you have to have Netflix, but then you can decide whether you want Disney plus or Hulu or Crave or whatever the other ones are. Netflix seems to be, it's like, no, everybody's got to have Netflix. Yeah. Whoever is going to have Netflix already has it by I, now. Right. There's no one adding on Netflix. Yeah. Do you, I think do you know anybody under the age of 45 who doesn't have Netflix. Do you know someone? This is the thing. This is the thing though. People over 45 are now like, I think they were always aware. They were just putting it off. And now they're like, all right, how do I do this? Hmm. Really? Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I want to like, how many weeks away are we from Gordon Ramsay having a cooking show on Twitch? Like, it can't be far. No. You know it's going to happen. One of the interesting things is is the series that Netflix has been able to sell back to, uh, like, normal TV. So, like, FX might buy, what's it, Ozark. Them, or like really? Spike, if it still exists, or I don't know. Does Spike TV still exist? Uh, it's called Paramount Network. Okay. Yeah, and they so still show trampoline basketball and roller no, derby. Don't. It's mostly like <laughs> tattoo nightmares and bar rescue. I think. I think that's what they do. <laughs> is Which I love. I freaking love bar rescue. By the sports way, Sportsnet. Like show. as long as we're showing old sports, they need to buy all the old trampoline basketball league games. That that ruled. What you guys never called? watched that? I, uh, Slam Ball. Slam Ball, yeah, on Spike. It oh, was I, the I best. That. I watched it. I didn't think it was yeah. that cool, man. I thought it was Oh, you're, you're poo. Oh, wow. 45 slam dunks in a row. Like, I like <laughs> Slam Ball. It gets a little tired after a while. <laughs> That's the All-Star game. <laughs> the All-Star trying, game kind of sucks, there's man. there's defense, and guys, like, get hurt. No, I really like Slam Ball. It used to come on at, like, midnight, and uh, I used to watch Spike, because Spike had TNA wrestling. Oh, and so they had, right. they had like the first rights to TNA wrestling and then uh, Slam Ball or whatever would come on after that. 
Slayball is pretty good. I don't know why you're hating on it, Adam. It's yeah. Yeah, it, oh, it's so good. It hasn't oh. been around for 15 years. <laughs> wow. I'm, I'm shocked. Guys, how could they just hold back this great product? Neither but of the whalers. So well. People still buy the jerseys. Dude, it didn't even make the Ocho. It was on freaking Spike. Come on. Okay, what about this like, one? Pros versus Joes. An- that's another spike, right? <laughs> yeah, that was another think, spike show. Wasn't Claude Lemieux on that from the NHL? Like he was they have legit the guys. Yeah. Well, was he going up against actual rats? Like what what was he doing? No, he's yeah, he was going like basically the idea was that like um you are a Joe, like the average Joe, and you wanted to see if you could if you could, you know, hang with these guys and play like them. Oh, I and, was thinking of that show where they made like Ben Johnson raise a giraffe. What was that? No. <laughs> Wasn't that like Wild World of Sports? I don't know. Yo, is that isn't that like really really problematic? Like <laughs> trying to get a giraffe to run for human? Oh, it was, like it, it, it wasn't recent. Races. It was back when people gave less of a shit for yeah. sure. Okay, list of hockey players who were on Pros versus Joes. Oh, you have it? Uh, yeah, I'm on their Wikipedia page. I, I, know, oh I feel like Claude Lemieux was on it. Claude that's, that's Lemieux it. is one of them. Okay. I don't know uh, the rest. Let's see. Ice hockey. Claude Lemieux. I'm just... Grant Fuhr. Grant Fuhr. He was okay. on an episode. Uh, Marty McSorley. Wow. So okay. Those are some pretty big names. Paul yeah. Coffey. Jesus. Wow. There you go. Damn. I can't find any more hockey competitions. There you go. Paul Coffey's Legit. had a crazy career since he left the NHL. First, it was pros versus Joes, and now he's part of the... Edmonton management group. It's yeah. crazy. He had a cra- uh, crazy, he's had, he's just had a crazy life for like yeah, a hall of fame player, like considered one of the best defensemen, but sort of controversial figure. Uh, Why is he controversial? He played for like 19 teams. He's con- he's controversial just because a lot of guys are like, well, he put up so many points because he didn't play any bloody defense, oh. which I don't know. Fair, but he put up a lot. So yeah. he was one of the best skaters ever. Like yeah, like, he, how many cups did he win? Well, that's they did all right. <laughs> what kind of argument is that, by the way? Oh, I don't know. I wasn't, well, I wasn't old enough to know. Does anyone hold that against Bobby Orr? No, absolutely you, not. Do you do you see any highlights of Bobby Orr going? Wow, he shut him down on the wing there. No, <laughs> yeah. The shot you point. see of Bobby Orr is him rushing the puck down the ice, or that goal he scored to eliminate St. Louis to win the cup, where he's like flying through the air. That's what you see of Bobby Orr. You don't see Bobby Orr doing. Wow, that was a really great neutral zone, sh- neutral zone shutdown from Bobby Orr. Yeah. How about this? What was Bobby Orr doing in the crease? Like, how many? Yeah. If they had bird's eye view cameras back then, yeah. how many times? Well, goal against Boston. Uh, if you look, Bobby Orr is behind the opposing net. That might have had something to do with the blown coverage there. That's that's very true. I th- okay. New podcast topic is Bobby or bad? <laughs> Not bad. Yeah, that's just overrated. That's disrespectful. Was he bad? Yeah. Oh, oh, was he overrated? There, yeah. there's one because yeah, he didn't play enough defense. You know, he was too busy scoring goals or something. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Right. I mean, you have to the ask Hawks. the question. Right. You have to ask the question. You do. I mean, I don't. I wonder what how a player like Bobby Orr would be viewed today, right? I mean, I don't think they. I don't think he doesn't hit enough. Play that. Doesn't hit enough. What doesn't hit? <laughs> well, never did I it mean, for me. And he was Bobby Orr was so much better than the rest of the league that it's almost like if Bobby Orr played a full career, he would have retired in like 1990. People yeah, forget he had like or like 1985 or six. Like he he started in the late 60s. 
and he played like eight seasons and he's still considered top three but best player of all time i think uh, he was like yeah and he won like he won at least half a dozen norris trophies he's yes stupid. yeah yeah so i wonder i wonder with a guy like that like he came in and stepped in was so much better than everybody else i don't I, I wonder what that could possibly look like in the nhl today not because of just how positional it is but also like Connor McDavid, I think is the best example we have of a player who is just that much better than everybody else, but it's always a forward. Like if you look at since the, the mid seventies, show me a defenseman. That's really, I mean, Paul Coffey's a great example of a guy who could really skate and blow, you know, blow the brakes off. He was amazing. But the, um, the, the players that are that good at skating, that are that good at puck handling, that good at shooting, tend to be forwards. They Who's tend to- the last defenseman to win the heart? I want to say it was Chris Pronger with the Blues. Could have been Nick Lindstrom, maybe? Mm, did he ever win a heart? I don't think I don't he know. did, which is wild, considering we're all like, oh, best defenseman of the generation, hands down. Hall Chris of Famer. Pronger, 1999-2000. Uh, it was the last heart. 20 years yeah. ago was the last time a defenseman was considered the best player in the NHL. Yeah. Jose Tador was considered the best player in the NHL more recently than a defenseman. And That's before crazy. that, uh, it was Bobby Orr in 71-72. What? Yeah. Oh, my God. Because remember, like Haley's Gretzky takes, takes like a decade of heart trophies, right? Oh, well, so. yeah. Okay, fair. <laughs> fair, 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 fair. Wow. But so, yeah, Bobby Orr was bad. He was bad. Liability. Liability. Well, li- ability. He, he we'll might have been, I guess. And I think he was – didn't he play most of his career with Brad Park too, who was also really, really, really good and kind of got out Sean? I don't know their history, boy. Why don't anyway, you tell sorry, me? Yeah. Hey, um, we do have to talk about some hockey stuff. Actually, surprisingly, a very surprising amount of hockey happened. We also will talk about the Quarantine Cup today, which was a doozy mm-hmm. on Friday Pretty night. Pretty good. Yeah, a lot but of stuff the, happened um, there. The <laughs> things and stuff. Uh, the NHL uh, players uh, have decided to defer their decision on their last paycheck until May the 15th. So here's the thing. According to Renard Lavoie, uh, the NHLPA members decided to uh, defer their decision on their last paycheck. The question was, what percentage should go back to the owners via escrow? Players need more time to see if they have a chance to resume playing at one point. I love now, escrow talk. It's my yeah, oh. the total amount was supposed to be sent April fifteenth to the players. Uh, was around one hundred twenty million. So Jeez. yeah, so so while the the paychecks were not guaranteed at the time of the season's pause, players were told not long after that the decision to halt the season was made, um, and that they would be getting all three remaining paychecks. So. Yeah, and the the NBA almost there there was rumors the NBA wasn't even going to issue their last paycheck, uh, but they did. Um, and I don't I I won't even t- I won't even pretend to fully understand what that means, but I would assume that the um, the players are worried about having to pay a bunch of escrow, like put, put right. money in escrow because it's supposed to be a fifty fifty revenue share here, and it's not going to be because the owners are going to lose a pile of money. There's I... no revenue. Yeah, no, there is no revenue. Can't split anything. <laughs> this reminds me of the Dickie D story. They're trying to make a buck fifty into two bucks, and there's, mean? there's well, the Dickie D story that I always tell at summer camp. I would always have like a dollar fifty or so in my pocket. The Dickie D uh, ice cream man would be outside, and a, the chocolate baseball glove with a gumball in it was two do- uh, two bucks. And I would always look at the money in my hand and try my hardest 
to make it $2. And I would put the quarters with the nickels and it wouldn't work. It would never work. And I just feel like, okay, what should we do with this escrow? Um, You know, are we going to get more money now? But then the salary cap and this could affect it. You're boned. I just, I just, I don't know what the right decision here is other than there's no money being made and you're kind of boned. Right. Well, I wondered if, if they were issued their last paycheck and then had to pay a pile of escrow, would they then get that money back if the NHL resumes? But I also think the revenue is not going to be the same, right? Obviously. The revenue yeah. can't be the same. But it sounds like they would get it back because they'd be making some, some money, money. Some money, you know? At right. least it wouldn't I, be zero. Because like, do you have to pay for television rights when you've got no television? Like, well, Roger sports made a pile of money. Sports and employee asked, Steve Dangle can probably fill us in. I don't know. Okay. Hmm. <laughs> I don't know. Like, is don't that know the answer. Like, uh, <laughs> can't really it's, make payment if you're not delivering a product, right? It's right. a simple question, Doc. <laughs> no, I, I, uh, no, I don't know. I don't know the answer to that. It's a great question. No one I've asked knows. So hmm. that's yeah. interesting. It's really, uh, really interesting. I mean, maybe they do, and they know I have a podcast and a big mouth. <laughs> but it's still it's, 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 it's an interesting one. Yeah. Um, I don't know why people are asking, but they are. Wayne Gretzky believes that hockey will be returned sometime this summer. Well, it sure is interesting that there was so much activity over the past week. Mm-hmm. Um, and, it, you know, me and my big mouth, last show, I was like, all the deals we're seeing are under a million bucks. Mm-hmm. And, and then, then we get Marco Scandella. Marco Scandella, and all of a sudden, that's well. I guess Petrangelo's walking. Yeah, like that's what's the, yeah. we're, we're what's gonna get to that. Later, by the way. Oh, I'll get okay. into that now. I was gonna say, what's the exact deal for Scandella? But... I'll uh, I'll get into that. Yeah, we will, we got a whole conversation with Petrangelo and Scandella and okay. Ron and and Vince Dunn cool. too. By the way, um, when did that but, happen? Well, Vince Dunn's not done. That's the problem. Oh. So this is why we're waiting. <laughs> no, he's Vince. I I got you. Kidding, I'm kidding. Um, but really, so Gretzky says this. So I really believe somehow, some way, the leadership in this country and in Canada, I guess, so he's in the States, uh, we're going to figure this out. And I really believe that we'll see hockey and some sort of other sports in June, July, and August, albeit in a different way, but I really see it coming to fruition. I think it's going to happen. He said, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm too optimistic. I think I'm not. I hope that's a good sign for everybody that we're moving on in life, in business, in sports. Uh, I, re- I really see in the next couple months something good happening. Now, People would say, well, what connection, what could Wayne Gretzky possibly know? I think Wayne Gretzky would know a lot more than you would think. Yeah. Gretzky's, even if he's not privy to those conversations directly, probably just has to make a phone call. I mean, it's also Wayne Gretzky. Like, people probably just go, you're Wayne Gretzky. I feel like I should tell you things. Maybe, yeah. Just on, like, the street. Not that he's on the street having many conversations with people. I've heard encouraging news. Um on the medical front, not just from Jim, uh, although Jim would get uh, last episode. That was fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, I really don't know. I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen, but uh, it's weird. I, I am starting to get the impression, uh, especially like last night I was doing a watch party. Maybe we'll talk about that at some point uh, for that Carolina, <laughs> for the Carolina eight, six game. And uh, like Rod Brindamore and Sheldon Keefe were both on and, they both sure talk about hockey like it's coming back relatively soon and like the season's going to finish and school year and it's a weird weird little time it's it's 
you know, if you if you ignore the beaches opening and everyone screaming about that and the and randomly calling for liberation of anyway, uh, there is actually like growing optimism. It seems it so. does seem that way. I think and people are those. committed to completing the season, even if it's in the fall. You know, it yeah. seems like everybody's committed to getting that done. So I hated I, the idea at first, but now it's something like I really believe in. Well, it's it, it's it's special. Three weeks yeah. ago, when when you're being barraged with, well, this is bad and it's getting worse, and then at you know mm-hmm. day after day after day, but you do start to see some encouraging signs, and it's sort of that's the whole point of situations like this. They put you in pressure pressure situations so that you can grow and find workarounds, and if they can find one that's safe and that's medically reasonable, I don't see why you why you don't do it. And it's nice to be able to talk about things like that. It's nice mm-hmm. that you know from from what we're hearing that things are starting to get better in the countries and the, and the regions that are worst affected by this. And that doesn't mean everybody, and that doesn't mean it's that much better, but any sort of hope at this point is great. And the idea that we're, that it's even on the table, because it would seem like it was off the table, uh, the, that it's even on the table is great and it's good enough for me. And I need something to look forward to and some hope and some happiness. Cause I don't know about you and you might not be in Canada, but spring in Canada is quite gray. And then being stuck inside and it's gray and all yeah, those other things. Today sucked. Today kind of sucked, man. Yeah, yeah really sucked. Last week, I was feeling weeks it. Sucked. But uh, I don't. I I want people to understand that signs of encouragement are happening because of the things that are happening. It's sure. Yes. Yeah. Inside, and that yes. just because there is an end date doesn't mean you can lift up any of these things that are in place right now. No. And that beach. the end goal isn't is it it looks closer than it is but like august is still such a long way if there's all these restrictions you know and they'll be lifted gradually but still holding the course till around august or july is still a task that needs commitment by everybody like the one thing i had heard is two weeks from now they're hoping it'll be the peak at you know in some points in or in some parts of canada and while that's good news, I'm sort of like, you know what peak means, right? <laughs> like, yeah, that's like the height of it. And then it starts going down. Yeah. So we're still two weeks away from the prospect of it going down. Yeah. And just as long as you keep in mind that those things are still coming, that we're still on the upswing and not coming down on the other end, getting close to things, then we'll get through it. Yeah. Manitoba had zero cases today. That was a nice little story, but they were sure. also, I want to say like the least affected mm-hmm. province or something. They were the last province to report yeah. cases. The less people you have, the uh, the less you'll be affected, right? Because there's no community exactly. spread. Well, and, and this is the thing. So I, I do want to move on past that, guys, because not that totally. it's not scintillating and interesting, but it's depressing. And I do, <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to think about two more no, weeks. No, I agree. I, I would agree. like to move on to things more fun, such as, a uh, thing that you're going to be hearing a lot lately, or sorry, not lately, in the future, in the very near future, is headline that starts with Taylor Hall's agent says. <laughs> Who happens yeah. to be Taylor Hall's agent? Ah, oh, it's weird. Darren Flippin' Ferris. We're gonna oh, no. Way. Yeah, yeah. You know, guys, I, I don't know if you know this, but Darren Ferris does media availabilities. Oh. Does he? Yeah. Now, weirdly, uh, not that we've really tried, but I don't know if he would do this show. Should we ask? Oh. Oh my God. Oh my <laughs> I'd love God. to ask. Him. I'd love to. T- you know what? I really would like to talk negotiating style with him because it worked against the Leafs. He did it. He got it. And if you don't remember Darren Ferris, he's the guy that, after Austin Matthews signed his extension, came out in front of the entire media and said, This is crap. And Mitch Marner gets no respect. And what a, what a garbage deal, deal for the Leafs. 
and then proceeds to get his client a pretty high number and did a pretty good job of it. And, you know, Chris Johnson put some, um, really gave us, gave it some context a couple episodes ago. If you're interested in that, would encourage you to check it out. But of course he was on Sirius XM's hot stove. And he mentioned that some teams had made contract offers to his clients. So of course they're like, well, okay, were the coyotes one of them? And he said, no. Wait, which clients? Well, he's got other clients other than Taylor Hall. I was about to say, because yeah. no one is allowed to make Taylor Hall no. a contract offer right now except yeah. for the Coyotes. No, the season is still are, ongoing. Talking, well, because they were asking about, for the same thing we were talking about last episode, who signs a contract right now? Who offers a contract right now, right? So Darren Ferris has had, has had some contract extension offers, but the okay. Coyotes have not made one. Now, here's what... Uh, John Shake has said earlier this week, he said, I've had, I've shared some calls with Darren. I think we're both trying to get our head around, uh, the scenario and how it affects the coyotes and how it potentially affects Taylor. It's unique. Uh, and this was from March 28th. So it was a couple weeks ago. Sorry. I thought it was earlier than that or sorry, later than, uh, I don't have an answer for you, uh, other than to say, no, we haven't exchanged numbers or anything like that. So that's interesting. I'm, it is uh, like, I mean, it's easy to pounce on the guy. Believe me, I don't really feel bad about it. But, you know, it, it is a super weird situation. The bigger the money is, uh, the more difficult the conversation is. You know, if, if you're on the lower end of things, you know, you have a $900,000 contract offer. Are you, are you going to fight that hard for 1.2? You know, because you have no idea what the hell is going on. You're probably going to latch onto the security. If you're a big money guy like Taylor Hall, like even if he took an extraordinary discount, um, which I don't know, which that could even be what he's making right now. Can the Coyotes afford that? Can any team that doesn't have fans in their building right now or for the foreseeable future afford that? It's a really, really weird world we're in, man. It sure is. Really weird world. It sure makes... Uh, some other situations very interesting. Alex Petrangelo, Marco Scandella, Vince done the whole thing in St. Louis is one. But the Blue Jackets did make a signing, and that's their goalie, Jonas Corposalo. Two-year extension, $2.8 million per season. Fantastic value. Great value. Fantastic value. The only, the only hesitance at all is uh, the big injuries, but uh, it's short-term. It's very little money. Mm-hmm. Wonderful value. And, and if you're I mean, starting goaltenders coming in at that number, that's incredible. Yeah. Yeah. And like they gotta look for value. And would you rather have Corpusalo at what was it, two point eight? Yep. Corpusalo at two point eight or Bobrovsky at ten. Uh two point eight. <laughs> yeah. We the saw how that worked out. That one. The one that's yeah. that one. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And and you know, uh you, you have two other goalies behind you for dirt cheap. Mm-hmm. Scout. You won't regret it. Um, well, and that, that brings us to, and you mentioned this earlier, um, what happens with uh, Alex Petrangelo in St. Louis? I think the writing was on the wall when they made the trade with Carolina earlier this year. It was a weird one. Justin Falk. I don't know why I said Braun earlier. Justin Falk. Um, they, gave, they traded for him and then handed him an insane extension. Seven years, $6.5 million, which I guess, you know, it's pretty good value. It's fine. Seven years is a long time, though. And I think at that point, we we should have said, well, Petrangelo can't be back. So then they trade for Marco Scandella at the trade deadline with Montreal. And Scandella, who is 30 years old, got a four-year deal, $3.275 million per season. So between Falk and Scandella, you're paying $10 million. 
that's, that's, you know, one eighth of your cap, two players. Can you really put another one eighth of your, your cap or more behind Alex Petrangelo at this point? And it's those two players. Like I, I know people are immediately going to go with well, the Leafs. Man, Marco Scandella and Justin Falk. It's an odd commitment. No, it's odd. No, not for me. Not for me. And also, how not, on earth? You mean you not for you? As in, like it's it's not for you? Oh, like uh, to take those two players instead of Petro? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. All right. I, I don't know. I wasn't I sure. It wasn't. No, I, <laughs> like I don't think I would have made the Falk deal in the first place. Um, also, I don't know how you make the Scandella extension without knowing something else. You know what I mean? Or at least having a really strong feeling about something else. Like, mm-hmm. do the Blues have a really strong feeling that they have a deal in place? Do they have a really strong feeling that Petrangelo will sign for a reasonable number? Do they feel like Petrangelo is just going to walk anyway? Do they feel like no one's going to be able to afford him or ever everyone's going to be, you know, there, there's no, there, there will be no Austin Matthews threat of some team swooping in and offering $16 million right now. <laughs> That's just not going to happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, or even 10 or something like that. So I don't know, like it, for a team like the blues, is this, they know something about the negotiations with Petro that's negative or does something about their current situation and the information they have give them confidence? Hmm. But it the seems- only thing is when they locked up uh, Scandella, it looks like they just don't have the cap space in the 2021 uh, season to give Petrangelo the market value that he's worth. Yeah, but like that's, that's, that's how it is now. Mm-hmm. You know, like the, the, the thing that frustrates me about down the line conversations is they always go, well, look, they can't afford him. Yeah, now you mm-hmm. can do all sorts of things. Mm-hmm. Well, what should they do? A trade? Yes, that's precisely what they should do. <laughs> they, well, they're allowed. Something they could look at. I mean, is, is, is this potentially Alex Steen's last year? Like, will right. he retire? Yeah. Because then, then we're talking if they want to keep him, you've got to move somebody off the roster. There's no choice. Right. And, and Alex it, Steen it, might be that candidate. So yeah. Alex Steen gets you 575. And then if this is Carl Gunnarsson's last year, then that gets you another one seven five. So you're now seven seven or eight million right there. Well, no, Gunnarsson signed through next season. Right, but if he retires, they don't pay him. And same with Steen. Uh, Alex Steen here. Let me oh. look at this. Do you think Gunnarsson will retire at thirty three? He's still young. I, I don't think he's. Yeah, but he has that wicked uh, hip issue yeah. that he's had. He's had ever since he was even on the Leafs. Uh, Alex Steen who has had a fantastic career. I made a video about the initial trade from the Leafs. Like, what, what a mistake getting rid of this guy. He, in, I want to say it's seven of his NHL seasons, he's received Selkie votes. Um, he received Hart votes one year, including one for third place. He's played over 1,000 games, 622 points. But this past season, seven goals, 10 assists, 17 points in 55 games. The previous season, 27 uh, in 65. And that's coming off of being a pretty perennial 50-plus point player. The sun's setting on Alex Dean's career. And now that, now, that he's got the, um, now that he's got the Stanley Cup, who knows what's going to happen there. Also, I don't, I don't know this. Uh, maybe you guys can help. Do we know 
if there's been an announcement or like a decision made on Jay Bomeister's future. Because I think I, I don't think, think he's, he's ever on LTIR, played. but I don't. I, I believe this is his last year anyway, isn't it? Uh, in that oh, is deal? it? Okay, I don't. Know. I thought it was. I it's he's not on the roster, so non-roster players. I'm looking for him on here. Uh, there's all kinds of things that could happen. Yeah. Oh, there he is. Yeah, yeah. So he's on LTIR, but this would have been his last season anyway. So you save three million on him, say two million on Carl Gunnarsson, and maybe, maybe. I mean, maybe Alex Steen goes on LTIR. Maybe he, maybe he retires. Maybe he plays another year. But there's potential there where the Blues have some guys who are frankly just aging out of the league, who could open them up to potentially signing Petrangelo. But I think Petrangelo's got to give a little bit here too. Yeah. You've know, you got to recognize the situation yeah. that you're in. You can go get your $10 bucks a season. I, I'm sure that there will be a team willing to pay him that or close to it. However, um, when you're talking about chances to win the Cup, especially when you're 30 years old, like when you're 30 and you've been on the team this long, do you really want to go start new somewhere? Is that really what you want? Do you really want to go and try to develop a new culture and go in with sort of like a target on your back? I mean, especially if you, you know, if you would factor in, and he's not coming to Toronto, so don't let me suggest this, but, um, you know, if you were to come to Toronto with that much money, it sort of puts a target on you rather than you're the guy who's been on the team and, you, you know, you shave a million off of your, what your salary could have been on the open market or a million and a half or something like that. And, you know, you're beloved in that market forever. And you get a couple more shots at the Stanley Cup. Because I'm looking at some of the core players here. Ryan O'Reilly is still 29. Jaden Schwartz is 27. Uh, Braden Shen is 28. Uh, Bozak signed for a couple more years. He's 34, but he's older. Um, but like, you know, those are some, some of the major guys, you know, up front. And then you've got Pareko um, and, uh, uh, you know, I guess Falk, Scandella. You know, a pretty solid-looking thing. They've got to re-sign Vince Dunn as well. And, you know, Jake, Allen's, uh, Jake Allen and Jordan Bennington uh, are signed for two more years each. Yeah. And people Blues might forget perfect- that St. Louis is sitting at second overall in the NHL and first yeah. in the Western Conference yeah. at, the, the, at the close of the season. They're the absolute perfect team to sign a two- or three-year deal with. Yeah. Like or, the- or sign, an, sign your eight-year deal, but make it $7 million a year. Yeah. I think at 30, you're looking for that six, seven, eight-year deal, right? Yeah. I don't yeah. think you're sad. I think you want this to be your last contract and why not have it in St. Louis? It's so- a tough time to be a 30-year-old on an expiring deal. Cuz you are thinking about that nest egg contract yeah. and I just don't know if it's going to be there for some guys. Uh, on the Alex I think Steen it will front, be for Petrangelo if he wants. Yeah, it. if you're a particularly special player, yeah. On the Alex Steen front by the way, um, and this could be a thing. He makes he's 575 against the cap but makes 3.5 million actual dollars. Mhm. So could there maybe be like a, a ghost contract uh, yeah. sort of sort of trade there? I don't know. Call the Coyotes. Well, uh, you said it, not me, but that <laughs> is exactly what I was thinking. That's, yeah. I mean, no, that's I think, where yeah. those deals go. There are outlets there for them to save some cash. You know, another good option for them if they really wanted to make a deal because they're not really um, they're not really rivals anymore with Detroit. I think Detroit's a prime candidate to take on bad money. Um, yeah, yep. like, and they have it. They, they have, have the, money. the money. Yeah, it was like what New York was sort of doing. New York, unfortunately, wasn't bad for long enough. I mean, they're they're still on the edge, but like Jeff Gordon's done such a great job that I, I thought that they would at least be bad for this season, and then maybe start to challenge next season. But they turned it around really, really quickly. What was the year they sent out the letter about rebuilding? It's like two years ago. Yeah, two yeah. or three years ago, and they were yeah. in a playoff spot, and they pulled the shoot. Like the Rangers never were properly bad no 
<laughs> like kind of nice. They did a, a miracle job. Like they, they're so good. So good. Really admire what they've done with the team. hundred percent. And, and so I, I wonder if, you know, Detroit starts, if I was the GM in Detroit, I'd be calling around just to see like, Hey, uh, I noticed you got some older guys there. Okay. What can we, name? what's okay. that? That that uh, the GM in Detroit, you got a name there? I don't know who the GM, GM in no. Detroit is. No. Do they have one? It's freaking. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> Does it even matter? No. <laughs> no. It's Adam Wild in your scenario, so I don't know why I said anything. <laughs> I didn't know it mattered that much to mention Detroit's GM's name. No. No. Stevie Y. I mean, who's that guy? Yeah. Well, you know, if again, and we've always said this, if Steve, if Steve Eiserman calls you, he's fleecing you. Hang up the phone. Hang up the phone. Hi, this is Steve. Click. <laughs> you, you don't even stick around for the why. No, 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 not interested. Thanks. <laughs> I wonder if there are GMs that, that get that for a while, that like, wow, this GM's on a heater. Nobody pick up the phone. Or if you're getting a call oh. from Minnesota, you're like, yes, I got to take this. Well, when Paul Fenton was on, it's like, <laughs> what, what crazy things is Paul going to say today? <laughs> yeah. Oh, uh, we got to There's two people I really want to have on the podcast and that's Brian Burke and Colby Armstrong. Mm-hmm. And I want to ask Brian Burke, like, listen, over the years, I heard so many stories about you. Is this story true where you were offered a two for one deal that was so bad you just replied with fuck off and hung up? <laughs> this is my favorite story. Uh, I'm sure Brian Burke will come on. I hope I, he does. I, I think he would. Yeah. he would. Colby, he's, he's gotta. He came on the watch party yesterday and was just like, he's got that eight year old at the park energy and he's in his 30s and he cannot be contained. This is Colby Armstrong. This is Colby Armstrong. Well, and Brian Burke has just hit that magical point in his career where he becomes an amazing broadcaster because he just does not care. Just like, get, he already did not care. Mm-hmm. He cares so much less now. And he's just like, oh, I'll just tell you everything. I'll tell you everything on Twitter. And he's got the stories too, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, the st- just, just the back pocket stuff he's got lying around. Oh, I can tell you this one today. And oh. It's, I would love to have Brian Burke on the show. Oh, absolutely. It'd be great. So, yeah, I think, I think actually, I think Petrangelo probably can stay with the Blues. I was surprised that Scandella got as much as he did. Am I the only yeah. one? No, I yes. agree. No, I, yeah, 100%. Seems high, doesn't yeah. it? It just doesn't He's seem like a... the body of work is there to warrant that contract. They're no. buying for the future, but like, why are you betting on Scandella? Why? Well, the money especially there? when he's 30. Yeah. <laughs> yeah they're, I, I don't get it. He's not. He's not a um, he's not a analytics darling by any stretch of the imagination. They're not buying good years. And he's your fourth, maybe defenseman. And he's had thirteen points each of the last two seasons. Like, I, like you want to make that deal, you know? If you're most other teams, whatever, fine. Like, I don't know if it'll bite you that bad. But if you're the Blues and it might cost you. Petrangelo, what the? F- what are you doing? Could they have made that deal though without knowing what the Petrangelo situation was? Like, if you're, I don't think so. I think they, they, they must can. know something. They must know something one way or another. That's that's what I'm trying to say. They must. There's no way they're like, we'll sign Marco Scandella and well, the Petrangelo dice will fall where it falls. Like, they, <laughs> they must know something. They must. They must. One way or another, they must. Yeah. Yeah, they're they're too well run, I think, as a team. Mm-hmm. We'll sign Marco, and if we don't get, you know, Petro, whoops, 
All right. They're probably, are they waiting this whole thing out? And they have it in the back pocket. They kind of know where their cap and everything's going to fall out and what he's going to sign for. And they're just kind of waiting for all this to be done and off season to hit. They probably have a number in mind and it's just it like, it could be such a big commitment that if they do something drastic, like drop the cap and it would completely bone them. They're like, here, let's just listen. You know, we're cool. We have a great relationship. Mm -hmm. See that ring. Yeah. You like it. We'll, we'll figure it out. Here's the number. Let's make sure once, once the cap is written in stone and then we'll put it in ink. That would make a lot more sense than what's currently going on. Which, ooh, <laughs> Which is just, oh, who knows? <laughs> uh, Justin Falk is the same. Like, <laughs> right. no. No, plug in Robert Bertuzzo. No, he'll take Petro's minutes. Um, <laughs> like, what? Uh, well, what if you just made a trade? Can't do that. Nope. Like it's, yeah. they must know something. One, I think, right. I think, I think two of the three former Leafs on that team are going to retire this season. I think that's what's going to happen. I think you're retire right. as in hit up Robida Island LTIR and we'll potentially. You know, I would. Why? Why retire? Because the like, retirement doesn't make sense. Yeah. Retiring, it makes absolutely zero sense. But I, I would come to camp hurt for the team that I won the cup for. <laughs> yeah. Oh boy, I'm really hurt. Yeah. I'll play along with that for another three million bucks. Sure, why not? Like Chris Pronger was was in the Hall of Fame, but still on a roster, right? Yes, and like working for the NHL. Yeah, yeah. but rules but like, matter, guys. The rules matter. <laughs> oh yeah, for sure. Rules for sure matter. It's for definitely sure. not. It's definitely not like a whole like like family run sort of business. Right? Made up monkey like, business. Yeah, <laughs> like you collect a paycheck with the Coyotes on it, and then you have a hearing with one of them. <laughs> like yeah, handing man. out suspensions. Yeah. Is that? Now, he was getting paid by an NHL team, right, when he was on LTIR? I think he was yeah. getting paid by several. I think he was getting paid by more than one. I'm not, I'm not totally sure. Did the NHL own the Coyotes at the time? I don't think so. At that oh, point, it could not have been that perfect, could <laughs> no. it? That would have been awesome. I'm just going to throw it out there. If you played with a single solitary human being who's active in the National Hockey League, you shouldn't be allowed to be in charge of player safety. Yeah. Well, eh. The I rules mind, out a lot. I, mind that. I, I think it, you have to govern that by – I think you can't disqualify people from that. I think, I think maybe not having a company called Make Hockey Violent Again might help. But. What? <laughs> but it's called Violent Gentlemen, but they're Make Hockey Violent Again. They're like, well, the orange thing has a phrase. What if we also made well, – Isn't that the phrase? same – well, doesn't, doesn't the guy who runs player safety, isn't he an owner in that? Isn't he part of that? George Peros? I don't know if he's a – if he's a owner, part owner, or spokesperson, I think he's a but spokesperson. Yeah, he's, he used to wear George hats. Peros is the spokesperson for Make Hockey Violent Again. For Plus, Violent Gentlemen, it's called. Violent, violent Gentlemen. sell shirts that say Make Hockey Violent Again. Yeah. And yeah. people are very upset about so, like, it. I've listen, never heard it, this before. This it's is not wild. that, like, you go endorse whatever you want, but it seems to me like NHL player safety is a bit of a specialized gig. So what you don't want maybe is guys walking around with t-shirts like that. Not because I don't care about the political side of it. It's not clearly political. It's about, it's about violent gentlemen and about the brand or whatever. But if you are a former fighter now, I think Peros went to like, didn't he go to Harvard or something? He was quite smart. He's a very smart guy. And you're a former fighter. And then you, and then, and then you wear that. And then you want to be the head of player safety. It's sort of like, I just, I think it, unfortunately, whether he deserves that or not, it has affected his ability with every ruling. And it's like if the, the three of us... The ruins haven't been good either. There's a conflict like the, of interest there. <laughs> clearly. 
what, it's like if the if the three of us were involved in an organization called hey why don't we beat up some podcasters <laughs> no but then we would also have to be the ruling on podcast fighting you know we have right. one handing down suspensions on podcast fighting, why don't we go which i don't think we podcast. are leaf report wants to fight spit and chiclets <laughs> which for the record i don't recommend and then we yeah we got to moderate that yeah i can see that yeah myrtle and siegel versus uh biz nasty and prime whitney or like Ooh. Yeah, Mikey Stevens and Justin Cuthbert mm-hmm. just get all their teeth rearranged by Ryan Whitney and Paul Bissonnette. <laughs> you know, I'm volunteering them for this, by the way. They didn't ask for this. <laughs> you imagine? Hey, Paul. Hey. I, I hope so. I hope uh, I hope that happens, actually. Let's start that rumble. Um, yeah, you're bored, aren't you? Start a fight. <laughs> Can we get uh, Leafs lunch to fight uh, Hockey Central at noon? Ooh, Why not? Oh, man. <laughs> well, actually, it was funny. Leafs Lunch had today, not Leafs Lunch, sorry, uh, Hockey Central Noon had today um, Mark Spector and Chris Johnson talking about where Dustin Bufflin is most likely to end up. And it seems like with Dustin, the, the major consensus is after his contract was terminated mutually by uh, Winnipeg and by himself, and walks away from $15 million. Mm-hmm. If you're walking away from $15 million, you probably have some money, but that feels like done to me. Doesn't that feel like done to you? Well, I found it very interesting that it did it not come on the same day that the Scandella contract was announced. Thursday. And ev- yeah, and everyone's like, oh, well, that means, you know, they're letting Petro walk. And it's almost like all these Tetris pieces are slowly being worked into little slots there. I don't think Bufflin's done. You don't think he's done? No, I'm he's done the with the Jets. Done. I'm on the I wouldn't side. be surprised. I wouldn't be surprised at like all. He doesn't play hockey ever again. I don't know. Yeah, I don't think he even puts on skates. One, the, one, the one thing that gives me pause is he's notoriously a bad off-season player. And what if you're off for like a year and a half with an injury slash pandemic and you're three bills? Yeah, I think like, if Dustin Bufflin still wanted to play hockey, we would have seen him suit up in September. I think there came a point where it was just he doesn't want to play hockey anymore. This is all just guessing, but that's how it looks to me. Yeah. Also, does he now? And uh, I, I seem to remember something like this with Nathan Horton, and please correct me if I'm wrong, but maybe he requires some sort of surgery that makes it so that like you're done. You know what I mean, and that would basically nullify his contract. I I can't remember. Wasn't is well? Wouldn't he have with... gotten? Wouldn't he have gotten the surgery and then just re- uh, put on yeah, LTIR and then gotten the money? It sounds like he doesn't have any injury that could get him his money. Plus, he didn't want to play. Yeah. I mean, feelings are a thing. Like th- this yeah. actually reminds me a little bit of uh, Owen Nolan with uh, the Leafs because there was a dispute. Uh, going into the lockout where the Leafs owed him like six million bucks or something, he argued. And their argument was heading into the full season of the lockout was, well, no, you're injured. Or something like that. There was something something in there and basically that damaged the relationship. It was irreparable. But he he did end up going on to play for at least one other team. Mm -hmm. I think he went on to play for several. Uh, Like you remember when he was a coyote for a hot minute mm-hmm. 
and the Minnesota Wild for a hot minute. So it could be one of those things where, you know, because it was ugly. It was like, the, I want to say there was like misdiagnosis or like there was some sort of misinformation. So maybe he wants to play hockey, just nowhere near the Winnipeg Jets anymore. But to walk away from $15 million? Yeah. So the thing is, yeah, but all the reports on Buff is he's a weird guy and would do something like that. Okay, and, and that's fair. <laughs> but even from, like, he would have to push for that because no agent's ever going to push for that. No legal advisor's oh. ever going to push for that. Mm-hmm. No. So my, my question then becomes, okay, if that was the case, um, then his ankle injury would have had to be so bad and his anger about the Jets would have had to be so bad that he – like, because what he did, or at least the way it looks, and I'm not saying this is what he did or it was an intentional thing, but because of this contract thing, Winnipeg was not able to get out. And I, I think that, you know, they, they went through last summer assuming they would have him. And then, so, you know, I feel like you could have traded Dustin Bufflin if he would have agreed to come out, like if he would have agreed to play, even if it was for nothing. Uh, because the most valuable thing in the NHL to have is cap space. And that's what hampered them. I mean, they had a great season anyway, but it hampered them from being able to pull any other asset in. They couldn't trade Bufflin. They couldn't do anything with him. So it's sort of, it's, it, it would be odd to me to go through all of that just to have him come back with another team when that could have been accomplished many different ways, probably easier and probably more lucratively for him. Like, there's just to me there's something that doesn't there's a piece missing here I can't even put my finger on it where I look at the Dustin Bufflin situation and think I don't know if it seems an awful lot like he wanted to be finished with this um and and if because because if he didn't there was many other ways to get to play for another team that he could have had and he would have never had to suit up for the Jets again like they Why could not announce your retirement right away like w- with this announcement okay, uh, yeah, we're mutually terminating my contract. Why not just right away and also I retire? Yeah. I yeah, guess, just say I'm too injured. I, I, that's, that's why I think he's done with the Jets, but he's not done. Mm-hmm. Or maybe he wants to see if he can use this time off. You know, who knows when then – because he can't play this season. So we're talking next season, whenever that is. Like that could be January. this season? He well, he could, but with the Jets. But he terminated his contract. So as far as I know, he can't play the 2019-2020 season unless okay. he's unless he were to sign a contract with the team, play for them, but he wouldn't be eligible for the playoffs. Right, Why would right. he be? No, because you got to be on the roster by trade deadline to make the playoff to play. Yeah. The playoffs. Oh, yeah, right. Yeah. I forgot about that. Yeah. But the then there's still the question of what's what was the holdups in September in that. Was he injured or just why didn't he want to play? I think it's feelings. I think it's feelings. Because wasn't there the misdiagnosis like they didn't catch a broken bone in his ankle? Yes. Yeah. Something like that. I think it's feelings. Um, and But I also think the Jets wanted him. Like, I, I think the Jets thought they could fix this. Mm-hmm. And they couldn't. And So he comes to them is like, I don't want to be in your organization anymore. And they're like, we, we don't have to trade you. We don't have to terminate your contract right now or anything like that. We're going to try and work this out. And then it's been, and then they take all this time and nothing gets resolved. And then we reach this point. Is that Could, be. Could be. Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, teams don't like letting players who are never going to play for them again, uh, dictate the terms, you know, very different situation, but like the Oilers with Pooley RV. 
you know, they were doing okay. And they're like, all right, well, we'll just hold on to you and you can sit, mm-hmm. enjoy Finland, you know, enjoy whatever uh, Carpat. I can't remember the team he plays for, you know, mm-hmm. fourth overall pick. You don't want to play in the NHL. No? Oh, you do want to play in the NHL. Well, you know, we control that, right? So you can play for us. You want to play for, well, then you can't play in the NHL. You know what I mean? So it, it could have been something like that. This, you are, you guys are onto something though. Like I just feel like there's very key points that we're missing here and you can't underestimate the factor of that's a different dude. Like all sure. reports are, but that you can overestimate dude. that. And, sure and, and what I'm saying is even with Elliot Friedman, when he's reported on this has not been clear. Yeah. And you know, he's been like, well, there's this and there's that. And you could tell there's something that he knows that he can't report, but there's know. something he knows for he sure. Could, he could just be one of those guys, man. Like Jerome McGinley, Everyone knew, um, but this, once the season once the season's over, you're not going to be able to get a hold of him. Like yeah. you know, he just liked disappearing into the mountains with his family, and that's that was his prerogative. But there still has to be a reason for his actions. Yeah, and we don't know they, that reason, right? And I'm not even Adam. I don't even know if Fridge knows. Like, I think Fridge knows, but I think, I think Fridge is classy enough to to. To not push it. Fridge isn't classy. <laughs> <laughs> to me, Fridge just seems like the kind of guy who's like, you know what? I think there might be something personal here, and I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna just come out and say it. But there is There's... something that doesn't make sense here. No matter how many times it's reported, no how many, no matter how much information comes out about it, something doesn't just does not add up. Blake Wheeler threw his tracksuit in the shower. That's what I think happened. Oh, <laughs> I was like, wait a second. Is that how the story went? Oh, <laughs> wait. <laughs> so, so if there's a gun to your head, Adam and Steve, and you have to place a bet on whether or not Dustin Bufflin plays a game in the NHL ever again. What do you say? Yes, I'm going to say no. Yes. All right. We will see. Mm-hmm. With whom, Steven? Th- yes. <laughs> Seattle. Minnesota. Minnesota. What about Seattle. Ooh, 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 oh, Minnesota. Minnesota, is that his home state? I think so. Okay. <laughs> Why Minnesota then, other than that? Because I, I think that's his home state. Minnesota. Oh, okay. All he right. is American. <laughs> okay. <laughs> the way he communicated that was... was uh, He's I think, from Minneapolis. Yes. Okay, I was, what I was trying to figure out was what your reasoning was, Steve, not what his might be. So <laughs> that's why I was cagey about it. Cause I'm like, I think he's from Minnesota, <laughs> man. He was really good last year. Mm-hmm. 31 points in 42 games. He's a good player. Eight points in six playoff games. Jeez. Yeah, you can't yeah. do that if your legs are broken. No, you can't, but you can maybe recover. We'll mm-hmm. see. I guess we'll see. We will see. Um, a very interesting development uh, over, uh, I think it was late last week now. I, this weekend just flew by. Um, Bill Peters has signed with a uh, Russian team. and Aptomobilis. That's how you pronounce it. Aptomobilis. Yeah, so about that. Well, here, sorry. You, you get into it, and I'll talk about Aptomobilis very briefly. So Ivis Kalnich um, uh, reported this and then reported that Nigel Dawes, who is the captain of Aptomobilis, uh, has left the team. Uh, and I want to throw this out there. Nigel Dawes is a um, black American. American? Yep. Yeah. Uh, and so, so that was an interesting ad. Now, I can't find anything to back that up. 
So that's one reporter saying it. Um, but and, I think it's an interesting thing because he's been the captain and a star there for a long time. Uh, yes, an absolute star. Um, he's been an all-star, I think, more seasons than he hasn't been. Um, he, he had 50 points in 59 games this past season, 69 and 60 the season before. And I really got to emphasize, it's so hard to put up those numbers in the KHL. He had one, two, three, four. He had four straight 30-plus goal seasons in the KHL, which is so, so hard to do. Um, and I guess, you know, he's not really afraid to play anywhere. He played for Boris Astana in Kazakhstan. Mm-hmm. And now uh, Avdemo Belist in Yekaterinburg. So what I got to say about that, um, I've mentioned this on the podcast before. A lot of North Americans – if they sign in the KHL, they typically tend to play in the West, the Western Conference. Um, mm-hmm. So they'll play in like a St. Petersburg or a Moscow or one of the non-Russian countries. Joffrey Lupel went to Yekaterinburg during the lockout because it was one of the only places remaining. He was he was a late player to sign, and I think he lasted nine games because he had like a visa issue. And I think there was – I remember him on a podcast talking about like paper bags of money you know, real old school KHL shit. And he just said, screw this. Yeah. So for, for Bill Peters to go to Avdemo Beliste, um, to me suggests there weren't many prospects for right. him. But if Nigel Dawes leaves, that is, that's in the KHL, that's seismic. Yeah. That's and a I, big, big player. Uh, I just want to, I want to applaud him for taking a stand against something he clearly believes in. And it sounds like he has a lot of options because of how good a player he is. And he's exercising those options as, as a good player being like, Hey, I don't have to play here. And this is against where I stand morally. And I'm going to make that decision. So shout out Nigel for doing that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Do you have uh, Akeem Alou's statement there? Well, I do. And I was going to get to that in just a second, but I did want to throw this out there. Weird. Because when I looked up Nigel Dawes, it says Canadian Kazakhstani player. I'm like, oh, that's interesting. Nobody's really mentioned that. Because he played in Kazakhstan. So he played in Kazakhstan for three years. So if you're there for three years. Oh, a lot longer than that. Uh, okay, one... so hold on though. What I'm saying is, you need the legal requirements. To oh, the I'm sorry, man. I'm sorry, 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 sorry. I was like, why do you play there for seven? What are you talking? You got about? his assist numbers wrong. That's the point you were trying to make, right? Shut up. All I'm saying is the legal side of it is, which allowed him and uh, Brandon Bochinski and Dustin Boyd to play for um, Kazakhstan at the World God, Hockey Championships yeah. 2016, which is kind of neat. They're just a neat fact. Right? Last season, he played with Lyndon Vay. Any Canucks fans or Kings fans listening to this? Wow. Mm. And Matt Fratton. Frat sanity. Frat sanity. Yeah. Hell yeah. I love looking at KHL rosters and going, look at that name. I remember you. Brandon Bochensky was supposed to be something. Oh, yeah. Was supposed mm. to be something. I remember that. Um, Matt Fratton yeah, so was supposed Akeem, to be something. Akeem Alou's statement, I thought, was pretty amazing. And I'm going to read it out to you. Um, so I'm reading this from NBC sports who broke it up. So I'm going to have to move, uh, move through it a a little bit. He said, uh, only with the past behind us, can we focus on the future? Hockey is for all. I believe in second chances for everyone that we can find forgiveness in our heart. And that real positive change is coming. If we continue to push forward together. Um, I don't resent a man for finding work, but I will fight to make sure those same opportunities are available to everyone on and off the ice regardless of race or ethnicity. And he also said he is patiently looking forward to the outcome of the NHL's investigation uh, because of the allegations, because I don't believe that that's been done. 
Well, it hasn't been finished. No. It's not been finished yet. And since life is on hold, I assume it will be finished for a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He said, I think as time goes on, we all grow and improve and become better versions of ourselves. And I'm no different, uh, Bill Peters said. This is what Bill Peters said, excuse me. He said, you learn from all the experiences that you're in and you become better. So that's very, very interesting as well because he had, he had a call with the Russian media and that was the most. And I think, you know, I think that that was sort of, as soon as the Bill Peters information came out, it was sort of just assumed the KHL was where he would end up, right? Um, I don't know. I don't know. I wasn't sure he would ever coach again. Um, I didn't automatically assume the KHL. There's lots of leagues, mm-hmm. you know, he, he could have gone to. Um, he chose that one, I guess, right. or they chose him. Or they chose him. I, no, I just – listen, I think I, – I think I, I, you can't group them because they're not the same. But you talk about unforgivable things in society, right, things that are just about – you, you got to pay some real penance for things. And the other name that comes to mind for me is Slava Voinov, and he ended up in the KHL. And I just feel like I, I have a hard time – they're very different situations, but there are some similarities. And the, for me, it's sort of like the chances of you seeing Slava Voinov in the NHL again, I think are just zero. I think it's just not going to happen. I think there was a time where it was a distinct possibility and now it's, it just I, don't, I just don't think it's going to happen. Um, I doubt, I, I, I would imagine that Bill Peters' opportunity to play or to coach in the NHL is also passed. I think that's done. Yeah. So, you know, it just seems... Russia oddly seems like the place where sometimes that's what happens. And I don't know. I don't, I don't know why that is. Well, I mean, do you know what I mean? It's not like you mess up in the age uh, in the KHL and that's where you go. Like, like, you know, there's no one in the NHL has ever been accused of anything terrible. Uh, you know, I mean, uh, uh, Craig Berube was, was suspended for a racial slur and that guy's the coach of the reigning Stanley cup champion. You know, right. so it's not just, uh, well, you messed up. Now you're done here. You go to the KHL. Like, it sticks around in the NHL, too. Jesse, what was your reaction when you saw this news? Uh, I love the beginning of uh, Lou's statement there. If you want to read the first couple of sentences yeah, again, just I about second chances and hockey being for all. Right. Only with the past behind us can we focus on the future. Hockey is for all. I believe in second chances for everyone, that we can find forgiveness in our heart, and that real positive change is coming if we continue to push forward together. I don't, I don't know what Bill Peters has done personally or like where his heart lies, but if he, if he deserves a second chance and forgiveness, I definitely believe that he should get it because that second chances are very important and understanding that people can change and that as society gets better, people need, will get better. Mm-hmm. So it, I, I hope that this is where his career has landed because this is where it should be and that the people around him who he's shown, like who he's apologized to, who he's tried to change for, have seen that and that he deserves forgiveness from the people that he's hurt. Yeah, and this wasn't Alou just butting in out of nowhere. Like a lot of people were like, hey, what do you think? Mm-hmm. Of course. So they he asked. got the state. Yeah, yeah, they asked and he got the statement. Uh, out there very quickly he said his piece and i i don't know i think i think alu uh after this will be pretty happy to have his hands washed of him yeah and it's you important know? to to recognize the other side as well there's just people who will forever feel uncomfortable being coached by him like nigel yeah. 
reportedly, if that is true. Yeah, we don't know. You know, if if it is true, then he has that right to just be like, no, I want to exit this situation because of what Bill Peters did in the past. But it doesn't mean that the people that he's hurt can't forgive him and that he can't ever coach again. Hmm. So do you see a world where, um, and this is just a personal opinion, so do you see a world where it's acceptable to see Bill Peters back in the NHL as a coach again? That's a tough one. Um, I, I wouldn't be the one to give him that opportunity. I think what happened, it proved that he isn't good enough as a leader to deserve the coaching responsibilities at the highest level of hockey. I think that's reserved for the 32 best coaches in the world. And I don't believe that he is one of those. So I don't ever see that happening. Again. His his results would tell you that as well. Yeah. yeah. Like he um, like just on just on paper just outside on of the yeah. that stuff. But and then you add on that top of it, I don't I that's my opinion. I don't see him ever coaching in the league. That's okay, so league so let world. let's let's go to an alternate reality. And this is an unfair question, but I'm gonna ask anyway. Yeah. Alternate reality, Bill Peters is a really good coach. <laughs> okay. Alternate <laughs> reality, it's like wow, he's like, well, like like Holy smokes, he's a really good coach, but he just happens to be uh-huh. super flipping racist sometimes. Yeah, um, he has the you know resume I mean? <laughs> of Scotty Bowman. Right. I, st- I still don't give him the second chance in the NHL so, because what I said about his, his just skills of managing people. Like that's right. not and, somebody I'm putting in, in charge of my million-dollar hockey players. And you could see that with the Flames roster this season, that they were just kind of, okay, I'm done with this guy. My, my question to you is, and it's not a Bill Peters question. No. It's a receipts question. Mm-hmm. It's a... You know, Akeem Alou believes in second chances. You, you love that statement. You really like that part of it. What's a second chance look like? What does it take you for, for you? What does it take to see? And I'm, I'm asking you, Jesse, because you're in the unique position on this show that you can actually speak to this. So, you know, what, what would it take for you to say, okay, this guy deserves a second chance? What receipts do you want to see? What kind of work do you want to see someone put in? You have to, you have to believe in someone's character. For them for you to forgive them you have to believe that deep down in their character that they are not the person who committed those actions anymore you got to see hey i'm gonna if it's directly these things that you what you did then it's like hey then you have to go out in the communities and help minorities in hockey if you did something like that with minorities in hockey if it's whatever else transgressions you you had you just want to see somebody give back to the people you hurt you got to have some actionable instances where it's like okay you, you're trying to change as well as boost up the communities that you've hurt, whether it's minorities, whether it's women, whether it's just anybody who's marginalized that you did this to, whether it's somebody on your same level. You just need to, you need to fix it and then grow as a person and change your character of who you are as somebody who wouldn't in the future ever commit that again. Right. And that was, that was uh, you know, an interesting part of Bill Peters' story is this incident happened, I want to say, 11 years ago. Um, and I did see, you know, some people right away go, well, that was a very long time ago, but then very soon after you had, you know, hurricanes players coming out and going, well, it wasn't that, but he was like kicking me and, you know, all sorts of terrible things as recently as two or three years ago. When those secondary stories came out about Bill Peters, you didn't believe that his character had changed. You didn't believe that he had worked towards those receipts. And that's what, to answer your question, Adam, that's what you need to see. You need to see over that 11-year period, if Bill Peters was a different person from that decade, maybe there would have been a second shot in the NHL. And if he was a better coach, maybe there's a second shot in the NHL. But 
it appears that there wasn't ever, there's just this huge chasm of just terrible stories. So how are we supposed to ever forgive you? Well, at this point, how are we well, supposed and, to Well, and because of that, you, you reminded me that Mark Crawford was being investigated, right? It was sort of like, so, you know, they, they investigated him and, and, you know, because there were players that came out and said some things. Was it Brent Sopel? And I think Sean yes. Avery mentioned it in his book, but well, Sean was, Avery mentioned it in a, I needed it sort of way. Uh, but well, and, and Brent Sopel, Brent Sopel, they took old and very publicly known comments of his, and then he had to come out after. And he like, even though he told those stories, he was like, Whoa, I have no problem with, with uh, Mark Crawford. You know, it was, it was a really, Mark Crawford was a, was a strange one, but he was allowed to come back, wasn't he? Well, he After was, and that's, but I think that's because he went to and had the proof of, and we're talking about receipts, mm-hmm. he had the proof of years of therapy. Yeah, you want to see that somebody on worked his own. on themselves. Yeah, yeah, and Mark Crawford did do that. Right, and then I think enough people stood up for him to say, well, wait a second. Um, you know, had issues before, um, but probably, probably worked on a lot of them. So anyway, it's a very it, it, tough... Tough story, it's even now to talk about. Like, I'm still uncomfortable with how to approach it. Um, but I think that's because you want to be as sensitive to the subject as you can be um, and try not to miss anything because it's important to get this stuff right. Um, there was a real, like, you know, the pandemic is what it is for the business side of the game. But you mentioned it earlier, I think a couple of weeks ago, Jesse. It's this, this year has been a real come to Jesus for a lot of things that were kind of ugly in the NHL. Yeah, it's, it's really, it's, when I look back on 1920, I remember those stories more than I remember the hockey. I remember it being kicked off with Don Cherry and just then the whole just mountain of stuff coming down about people. And yeah, that's how I look back on this season. And it's not, it's not ever how you want to look at something. It was, you, love, you know, Don, Don Cherry got fired 40 years ago. Like, <laughs> <laughs> it's how it feels. Can't, yeah. can't, how it feels. I can't believe that happened this year. I know. Holy yeah. cow. I know. Holy cow. Hey, remember that time an NHL team fired a coach and they had to release a press statement saying they fired him for hockey reasons? <laughs> like, oh my God. Yeah. This yeah. season was absolutely insane. It was crazy. Yeah, it was a really, really – a lot happened. And with that, we're going to go to the press conference. Um, to kick off the press conference, I would like to talk about Too Hot to Handle, my oh! favorite show on Netflix. <laughs> All right. So Jesse, by the way, is now, I don't know what it is. Is it, Jesse, is it your, your girlfriend or is it just that you've always been obsessed with this and you've never told us about it, but you were the no. first guy I knew on Love is Blind. Like uh-huh. You were on that. <laughs> and now you're on this show. And explain the premise of this show because it is just wild. So it's, it's definitely because it's something me and my girlfriend can do together that then the people are entertaining enough that I definitely get enjoyment out of it. But yeah, we watch, we watch uh, bad reality TV. So it's, it's a good time. <laughs> but Too Hot to Handle is a new Netflix show that came out on Friday. I believe all eight episodes are already up because, uh, but yeah, I think I don't, I haven't gotten to episode eight, but I think it's the last one. Anyway, so these 10 people plus one more. So it becomes 11 people. Bryce joins in episode two. 
to start off, it's ten. Bryce, Bryce no, no, no spoilers. No, we'll get to Bryce. Bryce is the worst. No spoilers. (laughs) Ten people. They're put on this island, this island resort in Mexico. Looks absolutely gorgeous, and it's the ten hottest people that Netflix could find. Okay, so from all over the world. You got people from London. You got someone from Australia. You got an Irish. You got a couple. You got one girl from BC. Hey. Yep. One yep. girl from Florida. A dude from Jersey. People from all over the world. They get together really hot on this island and they tell them you can't have sex. There's a $100,000 pot for whoever is left at the end. We don't know if there are eliminations yet. So we don't know how it's going to be at the end. We don't know if all, 10, all 11 people are going to be there. We don't know what's going to happen. But there's a $100,000 pot. And every time you break a rule set by Lana, which is their like Alexa box. So they just kind of have this little uh, it's smart like this speaker. It's in the middle of the room and it's like, don't bang. And it looks like a Google <laughs> home and it sits all around, all around the resort. There's like a bunch of them and it's, they call it Lana. And then Lana talks to them. And Lana gave out the rules on day one. You can't have sex. You can't kiss. And you can't masturbate. So those, those are the three they, rules. They oh, don't know this when they land on the island. So yeah, when Netflix put them into this game, they didn't know this. And they tell them on day, I think it's day one. It might be day, maybe day one or day two. They wake up and then they tell them yeah. the rules. They but, all yeah. think they're going there just for a giant so, orgy. So it is day two because they, they, they spend the whole first day being like, I'm going to fuck this person. <laughs> we're going to have so much Literally, sex and, literally, yeah. though. Literally, Because <laughs> Adam, Adam, you have to realize these people, they have like negative personality. Oh, man. So the <laughs> only thing they talk about is sex and how they look. Yeah, the only even when they're put to like have dates, it's like, hey, you're gonna sit down with this person because you have a connection. So Lana will send them on a date, and then during the whole date, they'll just be like, I want to fuck you, and I want to have sex with you, and I can't believe we can't have sex, and like have a conversation, people. Yeah, but they can't. Honestly, if I had to, if I had to talk about sex and my looks, the conversation might last thirty seconds. Like I, 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 like I don't know how you make a whole dinner out of that. Like so, that's that's tough. So day two, uh, Lana sits them all down and she says, "You can't this one hundred thousand dollars. Every time you kiss, you masturbate, or you have sex, we take out money from the hundred thousand dollar pool." So obviously, day three. Um, the rule. Don't don't say anything. No no no. no, no. Here's the so, thing. Okay. Here's no, the thing. Here's no, the thing. No, 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 no. I want, I want to do something with this show. I okay. want to make this our homework show in the way that Tiger King was our homework show. But this okay. time, we're actually going to talk about it. Hey, so I can't, I can't say what happens. Right. And for all you, uh, I'm better than that crowd, cringing wow. listening to this conversation, it is the number one show on Netflix Canada. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which means it's the number one show in the world. The number one show in the world. Yeah. Is it? Yes. Oh, oh yeah. It's God. number one on Netflix in the States. It's number one in the world. So, so here's the thing. Here's the thing, guys. <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna pause there, Jesse. Not because okay, can I talk a little bit about the people? Because you get to know them in the first ten minutes. Okay. Or should we okay, do okay, next? Okay, or should okay. that be or next? Or, or do you want to do it Wednesday? No, Wednesday, Wednesday, Wednesday. Wednesday. Okay. Wednesday. Ah. Wednesday. Wednesday. Well, because oh, we friends. gotta talk about the quarantine cup too. Oh, we do. We do gotta talk about. All right, that. fine. That's, All right, uh, listen. Wednesday. Okay, <laughs> everyone's homework is watch that, okay. and then Wednesday. We're leading with it Wednesday. We're leading with it. Um, we're we're going to lead with Too Hot to Handle. Yes. We're gonna okay. watch, I'm watching the whole thing. I'm going to find eight hours in the next 36 hours to do this. See, That's Jesse, very difficult for you, Adam. Like, Jesse you just found, out, Jesse well, just found out what it's like to be a contestant. I'm going to go on the podcast, and I'm going to talk about Too Hot to Handle. 
you may not talk about too hot to handle. No! <laughs> Come on! That's, that's what I thought this was all about! So, ah! Quarantine Cup Friday night was such a blast. Uh, Pete Blackburn's Extra Toasties team were so nice to, uh, to let Jesse and I play for them. Yeah. Uh, Steve and his band of Merry Ringers uh, kicked our butts oh, all wow. over the ice. Like, destroyed us. Oh, series lead for Dan Gonefi. Now, I felt like, I, I want to say something. I felt like I took a lot of crap for a team that already wasn't that good. Wow! Like, they already have a losing record, and then they're coming at me for playing lefty, which I told them I don't so, play. So Adam didn't come to any of our practices. That's right. We had a bunch of... Uh, uh, extra toasties practices throughout the week leading up to Friday. And Adam showed up to zero of them. And then Friday comes, our big game versus Dangle Navy. And Adam's on the ice, not knowing where he should be because he wasn't at practice. So who's... That's fault? what it was. It couldn't be that we're just not... And then, we, and then we lost the game. So we had a scapegoat, even though and we were bad. And it's game. weird because I scored three points in those three games. You did score three points. Including a very nice goal, and I don't, I don't know where all the hate was coming from, but the comments were freaking hilarious. Yeah, for anybody who didn't see it, the whole game we just chirped Adam because he wasn't at practice. Yeah, and then Adam scores in the third game and gets the biggest pop of the whole night. <laughs> and everyone's the biggest pop. We're like, if yeah, Adam scores, you have to donate a dollar. Played him at forward. Yeah. Which- I the second I saw you play forward in the third game, I'm like, why on earth wasn't he doing this the whole time? I, I like, told them that they're like, so what's, your, what's your best position in, in Chell? I'm like, center. Yeah. Oh, well, naturally, we'll be... make you the hardest position, which is left D. Yeah, I think you should be left wing because I think uh, some of our other guys are better at faceoffs. Uh, but I, I don't think you should be on defense. No, I'll play left wing. I don't I care. I think Adam should be right wing because when the no. goalie gets into a fight, you automatically have to go to the box to serve for them. Oh, Jesse is right wing. That's why I can't be right wing. Oh, oh, yeah. I love the reveal of why am I in the box? (laughs) 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 It was so good. I think that happened to me too because I was right wing for the first game. By the way, tournament's leading scorer. You? Yeah. He has like 10 points. points Because I played in all three games. Wow. I played in all three games. There's someone has nine, but they only played. What's in two. the review of the three games from the Dangle Navy perspective? I mean, we're all feeling very good about ourselves. We listen, we Dangle Navy has had a fantastic week. We outscored you guys 18 to four over three games. Butter is feeling it. He's an unreal goalie right now. Last night, we won a triple overtime game to get promoted to tier two and we are feeling real good we were we were disappointed in the extra toasties leadership oh really eat blackburns why would pete take adam Mm -hmm. and not put him in a position to succeed no. Why would they? Because they threw me to the Lions. You guys had your best game mm-hmm. when you were at forward. You only mm-hmm. lost by four. It's true. It was six it's true. true. <laughs> that one. You guys scored two whole goals. That was a lot. Man, Omar, by the way, mm-hmm. if, if you've been playing EASHL for a while, but you couldn't be asked to change your build, uh, change your build to suit your needs. Omar was. The he led all of NHL 20 in the entire world in almost goals and, <laughs> and goals that were disallowed and everything. And he changed his build and became God. He had four goals in that. What was his build? I think he's power forward now. 
Okay. Oh, you have to and unlock it's, it's that called stuff, loadout, though. not build. Yeah. Oh, my bad. And you yeah, have to unlock that load, stuff. Load I only have like two way forward and enforcer defenseman. I don't have time to play these games. Those are rookie <laughs> numbers. Well, they we are. did. We I did stick up for you. I'm like, well, Adam is their only player who was a, a father. So <laughs> it's true. Yeah, it does true. matter. It does matter. Like <laughs> it, it matters a lot. It's it, you know what yeah. you think. You think it's not going to be hard? Like I had to. Um. Uh. I had to. Uh. uh buy a playpen but one that you set up on the ground because i can't contain my child anymore because she's moving now she's bun- she's not quite crawling but she's bum scooching and that means you can't do anything but watch them like what's that like as a parent like with milestones because you're like yes oh yeah because <laughs> now everybody's like oh you thought it was hard before get ready you're gonna be saving them and you're gonna have to get you know you have to put up like things for stairs and like all, all sorts of stuff so you are unlocking things. It's just difficulties. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> You're yeah. unlocking new parental challenges. That's what, that's what it is. And exactly. to think she's still... You have unlocked bum scooching. Yeah. She's still a baby. And like, yes. it's not even like an infant. And she's not even talking or, cry or t- saying anything or running away. And all that stuff is still to come. The paperweight can move. <laughs> right. The paperweight can move. She's moving. Um, and by the way... Some, some big money was raised. So let's talk about that quickly. Because I want to say thank you first off to everybody on Pete's, Pete's stream and on Steve's stream. What was the, what was the total from the stream, Steve? Uh, so we set up a GoFundMe page and Pete was collecting donations from his Twitch. Um, and uh, some people, Mahesh, always, always recurring, love you, the best. Uh, went straight to the website. So Pete had a, it was a COVID-specific wing of Feeding America was his mm. charity and ours was co- uh, conquercovid19.ca. Um, I can't remember what Mahesh's donation was, but it was generous. Mm-hmm. And between our GoFundMe and Pete's, we raised over 2000 Canadian dollars and we wow, split awesome. it evenly between the two charities. So it would, it was over a thousand dollars Canadian to each charity. And I had the opportunity to interview Haley Wickenheiser a few days ago on uh, Sportsnet's uh, Instagram Live, and she's just she sh- Haley Wickenheiser out of any Canadian alive should be on our money. Like I'm not kidding, she should be on a bill now while she's alive, because she won. <laughs> that's, a, that's a statement. <laughs> it is. It is. But dude, she friggin' won Olympic gold medals. She's a world champion, uh, and she decided gosh, I just haven't achieved anything. And she decided to go to medical school while working for an NHL team. She works for the Toronto Maple Leafs. And now she's literally just like driving around the country delivering um, PPE. What, what, what does PPE stand for again? I learned the other Personal day. protective equipment. Thank you. And she mentioned that um, every mask, I don't know what it is in the States, but every one of those masks is a dollar. So for everyone who donated, you raised over a thousand masks. Wow. Right? I just, I don't want to disrespect someone like Viola Desmond, who was a civil rights activist, who's on the money. I didn't, no, say, take her off. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't say take her off the money. I just said, Haley Wickenheiser is not alive, but... on the money. Steve, I think she, I, did, Jesse, did Steve say take her off the money? I think that's what he said. I think Steve said, take Viola Desmond off wow. the money and wow. put Haley Wickenheiser. <laughs> wow. Let's, all right. Let's, let's. Wait. All right. All right. Let's wait a sec. Let's wait a sec. I'm not trying to get 
sent to Aftermobilist. All right. Let, yeah, let, I just want to say. Yeah. All right. Have you ever done just, an Aftermobilist FR? That, listen, they have cool jerseys, but I draw the line that no, no. How dare you? How dare you? So I almost bought an Aftermobilist jersey years ago because of Lupul. But yeah. anyway, just watch the comparisons. So, yeah, I don't. I didn't say take her off the money. I didn't. <laughs> didn't you? <laughs> no. <laughs> I have a limited edition loony. There's Whoa. One. Oh, yeah. There you go. All the coin collectors that get out for that. I've noticed too. There are dozens a, of us. Yeah, a surprising dozens. in like there's a, well because CNN's on all the time at home and like they have this like thing where it's like wow we just found a new coin that never was cast and now oh now you can buy them and and what silver what? price gonna be next year at this time what? if you buy this silver coin you're making some big dollars and you're like i don't know who are the people that are buying these and you remember when i don't know if you guys remember this but when barack obama became president montel montel from like daytime montel TV. jordan montel jordan or or no, Montel, Montel Williams. 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 Montel Williams. Not, Montel Williams. Not, not, this is how we do it, Montel. That's a different Montel. <laughs> Montel Williams from the Daily Talk Show that he used to have was on there selling Obama commemorative plates. I do not recall this. Oh, look it up. It was a thing. Anyway. <laughs> heck of a That's press conference. Right. Yeah. How did we get here? So we uh, raised so a we lot raised of money. money. Raised a lot of money. <laughs> And we yeah. hope to raise more next week. Yeah, so we're doing it again, the charity angle. I love it. Yeah, so Friday yeah. night, this coming week, the stunning conclusion. Will there be a huge comeback or will it be just steamrolling? We're going to play all four games anyway. Yes, yeah, so we're going to play four games anyway. The loser has to donate $300 to You Can Play. Mm-hmm. Oh, um, awesome. Yep. Uh, yeah, I'm glad you're so enthusiastic. I'm going to lose on purpose. Yeah, well, mm. there you go. Um, and I have an announcement to make. What's your announcement? Martina Ortiz-Luis is going to be singing the anthem, the both anthems, before game four. Get out. Awesome. Are you serious? Yep. That's amazing. <laughs> That's so spoke, cool. spoke to Martina the other day, and she's down. So we got to figure out how to make that work technologically. I think... Just, we'll just put her on yeah. Zoom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We got to figure I'll, out how to, how to make that out. work. If but, Steve uh, lets me do my job and doesn't call me five minutes before I'm trying to <laughs> three different audio sources You want to explain together. what happened, Jesse? I think well, you should explain it. <laughs> I think you need to explain so, this. So we, we have there's, – there's two teams, and on PS4, to talk to your team, you set up a party chat. So the only way you can, you can hear your team and through the PS4 is through the party chat. But you want to set up your party chat with only your team. So you're not hearing the other team's strategy. So our problem is uh, the three of us are on two different teams. So we won't be in the same party chat, which means through the stream, if we aired the audio of the party chat, you wouldn't hear somebody from not from the SDP on the SDP stream. So we had to find a way to set up a separate chat and feed that into my capture device so that all three of us could be on one chat as well as our party chats in game. If any of that made sense, I hope it did. did yeah. So, Steve. so Steve's <laughs> idea was, hey, why don't we just make one large chat where all 12 people who are playing this game can be heard at once through the live stream. Plus the two spares. <laughs> Plus 14. The, so 14 people will be on one conference being heard at once through our live stream. And I was like, hey, if you just can handle two different converse, two different audio sources like anybody does in television, Adam, you sure. work in television, you have your broadcast, 
Plus, you have a piece in your ear where you're That's listening right. to your producer. And I'm not yes. good at it. So Steve's not it. good at this. And I think he got a little scared because it was a little much of having two, four sets of I got, headphones. I got, I'm going to have a migraine. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to just, I'm going to have a seizure. I, 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 don't, I can't do this by the end of it. He had it figured out. So, so at the end of it. I had so many more headache, people in my ear than you Advil, did, though. And I'm gonna, I can't operate heavy machinery while I've had an Advil. And I don't know. Uh, yeah. Like, you know, like, <laughs> <laughs> it was a pretty good uh pretty good it just, it was, was steve, how do i steve calls five minutes before the game and says what jesse says we can't what? do this we need all 16 people on the chat we can't do this <laughs> and i and i was like no <laughs> just, just try this <laughs> the, Na- the navy was very upset though and they yeah. they didn't like it either they didn't un- i don't think they understood until we did it no and then we did it for about five minutes and i was like okay yeah no this is and afterward they were like yeah no that was that was actually yeah. very smart it's, Thank it's you. weird that people wouldn't <laughs> trust jesse to do what he does so well it's so strange i'm like listen for me i guess because jesse and i also work together every day and have for six years yeah, about years? six 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 ish and a half, and a half? Yeah. i don't know yeah. yeah so i just go yeah whatever <laughs> well, and, and, no, like, and you can man. understand how like i would make that mistake because we've just met so. <laughs> <laughs> well i mean our our jesse and i's interaction is even more frequent than yours and jesse's interactions right so yeah. that's why but mm-hmm. i it was just very very funny and the other thing is it's steve we gotta we gotta talk about something what oh on live stream are you are aggressive and, <laughs> and specifically about the quality of live stream he, you're like, well, if anybody watches Nasher, this is just going to be terrible. <laughs> it's supposed to be terrible. Nasher is good. You knew we sucked. And I'm not talking about you, Steve. Anybody tuning into this stream is going to know, yeah, these guys are pretty, pretty subpar. I don't think that's why they're watching. I think they're watching to hear us make fun of me. Yeah. I think, you know, but you're like, well, this is just the quality. It's just garbage here. Like, we're just a terrible quality. <laughs> you thought I was talking about the hockey? <laughs> I no, I thought about you were talking about the hockey. The hockey's so bad. The oh, hockey's going to be bad. I know that. <laughs> okay. I knew that. <laughs> Just like, I was like, man, I'm not, I'm not going to step in and be Nasher good. I'll no, never be that good. No, I, I didn't want to be. No. No. <laughs> what? No. That's not what I was talking about. The what listeners were, you talking were, about? were aggressive. Okay. I just wanted to make sure it all looked and sounded great. I didn't want to steam. Like, listen. And in the end, it did. I am very it aware. It did. I'm just... Let me tell you, Jesse. And okay. Listen, and listen, okay. Here. All right. I got to offer my apologies Thank for you. taking out my insecurities on you. <laughs> Thank you. Being a uh, a guy who sucks really bad with technology to begin with, mm. and I'm also painfully aware that I just turned 32, uh-huh. and I'm sh- basically shaving my head at the sides every two weeks because I'm going gray, and I just don't want to be the old guy who doesn't know what he's doing. Okay. So thank you for being the young, you know, new student at Hey Arnold's school, showing me, <laughs> showing, showing me the way, just <laughs> showing me the, and like never, it. never again, you know, Jesse, take mm-hmm. the wheel. I, I will never, ever doubt your steering ability. I think that's a, that's a song by uh, Carrie Underwood is Jesse. It's my favorite one. Yeah, I think it is. It, yeah. That's yes. how it goes. Yeah. Yeah. So fact, Friday. Go ahead. <laughs> we should make a t-shirt that says jesse take the wheel jesse take the wheel face. you know that that would do very yeah. well. and, and i on the back it's me the... going i'm not sure <laughs> mm, jesse uh yeah i don't know despite all evidence <laughs> pointing towards him being able to steer <laughs> so friday at nine nine oh five we'll say she'll Done. sing 
we'll get her to Go sing ahead. the national anthem on Zoom, and it'll feed through mm-hmm. onto our live stream. We're ready. We haven't set it up that way. Steve's Steve's not ready, but we're ready. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm ready, Adam. Get ready for these hands. Get ready for them. The leading hey, score is coming for you. I won the fight I had on versus Dangle oh, Navy. I, I lost my fight. I, I was at, nothing was going well for me until that third game. So <laughs> that's the way it was. Yeah, um, well, and you had a great third game. I do, we have, have third game. do we have time for Adam's history corner? We have eight minutes. All right. Can you do it in eight minutes? I'm sure I can. All right. What is all it? Right. I want to get this in. This is from Marianne. Uh, okay. she, she DM'd me. She says, I have a quest for Adam's history corner. Can Adam please cover Augustus in the golden age slash why Augustus is arguably the greatest Roman emperor ever? Thanks so much. Okay. So Augustus is seen as the greatest Roman emperor ever. What, do you want reasons. a view of a Roman nose for this whole thing? <laughs> <laughs> Steve is a Roman bust in a, in a museum. He's, he's at the Louvre. Uh, <laughs> so, Okay. The reason that Augustus is, is looked at like that is because Rome was a republic, but it was very, very dysfunctional and run by three families, four families, something like that. You had the Julii, the Scipii, uh, and I forget what the other, there was a couple other families. But those are, you made the, you made the. No, those are, no. So like, so Julius, like the Julian clan, Julius Caesar is one of them. Um, when, when they tried to get things done in the city, um, other families would get in the way. So what was happening was you were seeing a, a democratic, somewhat democratic stagnation of things happening. They were, they were, you know, the armies were still extremely strong. The organization was strong. It was very rich. But Augustus is famous for saying, I found uh, uh, Rome a city of brick and left it a city of marble. And that is because not only did he live an insanely long time, but he was a pretty brilliant, um, uh, pretty brilliant, guy when it came to political maneuvering and he was the first emperor so you're talking about an, uh, a country that was at the time well on its way to being the only superpower in the world the only major nation state in the world and this guy had the authority to do whatever the hell he wanted and he happened to be civic-minded uh, augustus could have been the worst and could have been the end of whatever the roman empire was going to be but he set them up for hundreds of years because he was um I forget the term, but he was one of those, a benevolent dictator, basically. And he was a dictator. And so the, um, the thing about Augustus that is fascinating is, yeah, not only did he live a long time, br- brilliant administrator, but he was the first person in Roman history to that point that was empowered to do those good things. And the issue is when you find someone like that, you find uh, benevolent dictators in like, you know, you could, you could argue Napoleon was one. Um, you know, and he had the Napoleonic code, which still governs so much of what we have in common law today. Um, there's, you know, the Napoleonic code is interesting because it just, it, it takes, people have taken pieces from it in all cultures around the world. Augustus had the, uh, wherewithal to say, I got to improve this empire. It wasn't for his own self aggrandizement. The problem is when someone that someone so august, uh, dies, um, it's rare that you find somebody that can replace them. And I think it was Claudius that replaced him um, and was sort of like this old general guy. And he conquered England just because he needed to have, um, he had to have something on his record that, that legitimized him as a, um, as, a, uh, as a proper Roman emperor. But he wasn't Augustus. And what happened to Rome after that was you had some good emperors. You know, there was the four or five good emperors that they had. Uh, but they 
had a lot of guys who were raised in privilege and were shitty human beings. And when you have a shitty human being and you gave them and you give them literally dictatorial powers, we know what happens. And for years and years and centuries, Rome had infighting. You're talking about certain points where generals were buying the position and then, you know, and moving in with two different forces and going head to head. And so I think uh, Augustus was one of the best benevolent dictators in history, but he was a dictator and was responsible for all the things that dictators are traditionally responsible for. But he did it with Rome in mind rather than himself, which is rare for a dictator. And that's what makes him, I think, a great dictator. There are specifics you can get into with Augustus. Um, he changed law codes. He built a lot of things. He also recognized that Rome had conquered so much that if they got any bigger, they would just be outstretched. They wouldn't be able to support the empire beyond their borders. So he started to sort of stratify their borders. And, um, and then anyway, there's, I'm sure if you were to talk to a scholar, they could give you a much better, clearer answer than that. But my understanding of Augustus is that. And that is why yeah, people, there are people that will argue it's good to have a dictator for, you know, if it's the right guy for 20 years. <laughs> but Which is... after that, it might be bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. because they have, if well, you yeah. have the right guy in power, he can do amazing things. Yeah. But if you don't, you're stuck with him. Until there's a coup. And that's not that's what a democracy is supposed to be about. Is you get, you get to go, oh, wait, this guy sucks. We screwed no. up. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's the thing. And it, the, the harder you make it in a democracy to res, for the public to respond to um, who's in power, the harder you make that, the more uh, apathetic they get and the more chances you have of turning into a dicta dictatorship like Rome did. And, you know, you have ruling families and things like that. Very few people in Rome could actually vote, right? Very few people were actually citizens. So that's where this whole, you know, that they were a democracy. Yeah, they were sort of an oligarchy. But, yeah. Anyway, that's, that's what you got. I love we went it. To the that same makes sense. School. Like, I don't get it. I love it. it. We went to the same <laughs> Is school. that interesting? Or does that even make sense? Do you care? Yeah. Yeah, okay. yeah, man. Anyway. The that's people it. demand it. We need to give it to them. Okay. Yeah. Well, there you go. <laughs> I, you know what I need to do is not do this off the top of my head. I should probably find some better answers and make it. No, work. it's way better. <laughs> no, it's, it's way better. This it's way. a fascinating thing when you're doing it off the top of your head. Cause then it's like a skill, you know, <laughs> you haven't, <laughs> if you, you haven't just really got screw that read it. Yeah. Textbook. Anybody you, can do that. I guess you haven't yeah. really gotten dinged on one yet. Like people will be like, well, uh, you know what you should have also mentioned is blah, blah, blah. like no one's been like that is the complete wrong person. Well, I think what I are you talking about the Persian one when we are talking about, because I got Marathon wrong. Marathon was the first time the Persians invaded the, the Spartans holding them off. I, I forget what it was. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Um, you know, the Spartans holding them off was the second time that the Persians invaded. So I screwed that up. There was yeah, some but I would have been like, so Gerard Butler, he stabs <laughs> a rhino with a spear, right? And then <laughs> yeah, I, I, mean, I would have I got it wrong. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, and thanks to everybody who reached out to me about Vimy Ridge because there was a bunch of facts that I just didn't even know. Uh, last episode, cool. like, you know, we talked about it and it was like, you know, there was, I, I guess the Canadians withstood 20 German counterattacks. Didn't know that. Oh. And I and know, I, I, I love that stuff. And I didn't know that. Vimy so. Ridge on the money. I think it is. It's on one there of the, yeah, the, the, the memorial is because the there memorial there apparently is beautiful. Vimy I want to do that. And Haley Wickenheiser replacing the <laughs> No, 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 there's lots of money. Change it. And with that, we're going to wrap it up for today. Thank you so much for listening. 
like if you how do you say it steve like if you really liked it subscribe if you <laughs> that like is it, it for this one thank you very much for watching click like if you like this video click subscribe if you really liked it tell your friends that the fourth and likely final game of the quarantine cup mm. will be friday at 9 p.m eastern but who should be on the money Haley Wickenheiser, <laughs> Viola Desmond, and anyone else you like. The Steve Dangle Podcast. Follow the guys on Twitter at Steve underscore Dangle, at Adam W-Y-L-D-E, and at Jesse Blake. Brought to you by Panago Pizza. Order at Panago.com and stuff your face with deliciousness. Connection complete.